You know, one of my favorite things, maybe my favorite thing of all about Steely and Thune at noon, other than the great content and banter, right, is it allows me an hour or two hours to really gauge where the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is at, heading into Locked In at 2 p.m. And after gauging the text line for the past hour, Parker, I, I think that we're in a much better place mentally than where we were 24 hours yesterday. I think there's a chance that we have maybe even a a happy show today. I don't think the panic meter is nearly as high as it was yesterday. Do we have Kamari Moore to thank for that? Did he get the did yeah, he maybe. shift the juju that I just, heavily? I just think it's a, another day. Like Williams Winery has a uh, decision date that you're reporting. David Stone has a decision day that's out there as well. It's just a it's it's a new day, and I just um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll find out here in the next hour. But I don't feel the panic meter surrounding Williams Winery is as high as it was yesterday. I mean, do you feel the same way, or do you think I'm I'm off I was, on that one? I, 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 I'll tell you what. I was shocked by how well things went last night on OU Insider Live because I was expecting to get on that YouTube stream and for everybody to be pissed about yes Williams yes. Winery not making it to Oklahoma, and instead. Folks were overjoyed about Kamari Moore. They were optimistic about David Stone. They were surprisingly pretty okay with the whole Nuanary situation. And wish we would have had that same vibes. energy at 2 p.m. yesterday, but that's fine. That's okay. The I vibes it. are good. The vibes are surprisingly, shockingly good today. Yeah. Well, did he sneak out? Are the vibes good because Nuanary snuck out of the house last night and still ended up making it to Norman? Not or, is, quite. or is he still grounded? Still grounded? <laughs> Not not gonna not gonna make it to Norman anytime soon. Uh, not gonna yeah. make it to Norman by the time he commits, but he will be taking that trip to Oregon. Um, okay, still gonna take the trip to Oregon. Yep. Is the is the positive spin if one exists on on all of this that's happened over the past twenty four hours or so? Is the positive spin that you could throw out that okay he really did get in trouble? That's really what's going on here. Okay. And the positive spin is that, well, maybe this just shows that OU does really lead and the family doesn't feel like missing out on this visit after he's already taking several visits here is that big of a deal. Is that a positive spin that uh, one could throw out? Like if it sure, was really, that's a positive spin. If, like if he really needed to take another visit to OU, then yes, he got disciplined, whatever, but the visit could still happen. I, I'm just trying to throw out something for somebody. Well, I, I, I think this is the way that I look at it, Tyler. Having been to Norman as many times as Williams Winery has been to Norman, and I did an interview with him post-official visit where he basically acknowledged, yeah, you know what, when I show up these days, there's not really anything new that they can show me. It's just about hanging with the people down there. If Williams Winery has spent so much time in Norman that there is really nothing new for him to see or experience, then does one more visit before he commits change your opinion that much as to where OU stands? I think it was just the timing of the visit, right? Sure. I think that got everyone so excited and so so optimistic. So I asked you yesterday, 3 out of 10 was your concern level with all of this? Are you staying at a 3? Yeah. Are you going, you're not going any lower? Haven't budged. Okay. 3 out of 10. Somebody from the 918 asked, will Oregon be in the Mountain West next year? Maybe. Shoot, man. Maybe. Pac-12 is breaking apart at the seams. Pac-12 is uh, meeting today to discuss potential additions. Good luck with that, guys. (laughs) Good luck trying to add some teams into that league. 
UNLV, San Diego State, saying, let's go, baby. Let's go. It's time to hit the big time. What, let me ask you this. Let me give you an alternative to what has actually become reality. Obviously, Muleshoe, should he choose to remain the head coach at USC, is going to be in for a lot of late October, early November trips to play cold weather games in places like Ames, Iowa, Evanston, Illinois, and Madison, Wisconsin. Would you rather that be the case? Or, if you could go revisionist history here, USC and UCLA never make the move to the Pac-10, and as we sit here today, Mule Shoe and USC are trying to find a landing spot as the Pac-12 ship slowly sinks. You know what? I, I, I just, uh, the thought of him bundled up, and I'm sure he'll have a cute little scarf on for when he plays a uh, night game out in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, but isn't that, isn't that visual just really going to do quite well on OU Twitter in the month of November or late October when it's freezing outside and it's snowing and Muleshoe looks like the most uncomfortable person ever in Madison, Wisconsin. Like, just for that photo alone and just for that shot alone on CBS, like, I, I, I am perfectly I, – I'm so good with the current situation. Can, can't you, don't you just have a mental picture of the cutaway shot – to Mule Shoe's face. He's got like the snow visor on. Yes. All you can see are his <laughs> eyes and nose. His face is beat red. He looks like the, the little score- brother from Christmas Story is who he looks like yes. trying to walk around. The scoreboard says Minnesota 16, USC 13, and Malachi Nelson just got strip sacked with a minute 30 left in the game. Maybe Mule Shoe is Ralphie and maybe Clark Stroud is the little brother that falls in the snow. I can't get up! I can't get up! <laughs> and he's just screaming the entire time. Uh, yeah, okay, August 7th for williams Winery. That, uh, that is the date. Um, it's the date that I think you first originally threw out there, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and that's kind of right in the uh, time frame that initially we thought it would be. So, I, like, I don't look at August 7th today, Parker, and change my opinion of where this recruitment is at right now or what the end result's going to be. Maybe if it was later on, maybe I would think differently of it. But right there, August 7th, I mean, that's coming up pretty quick here. That's 11 I, days from now. Do you think he already has made his decision on who he's going to choose on August 7th? I'll be honest with you. No, I don't. I think it's between two schools right now. To my knowledge, based on the sources I've spoken with, I believe it is Oklahoma and Missouri. And Missouri, they're a player here. And it kind of seems that in the last week or so, the entire rest of the industry has come around on Missouri, Tyler. Because, you know, we had talked We're about throwing Missouri throwing out being some a aggressive NIL uh, offers. Well, and like, yes, I like, I, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on it because it could lead to a very, very extensive conversation in that regard. And I want to be able to hit all the things we have on the agenda over the course of the show. But Missouri's NIL game is no joke sneaky good yeah really good actually and and maybe you wouldn't think that with mizzou but apparently yeah man it 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 really is uh we got two announcements today we got two announcements of an announcement uh williams winery that's kind of unofficially on august 7th correct david stone is officially saying august 26th now here is my question about David Stone in August 26th. And um, he says his top six, Miami, Oregon, Florida, Michigan State, OU, and Texas A&M. Now, just yesterday, David Stone himself 
said he's taking visits to Alabama and Texas A&M during the season, okay? <laughs> right? Well, he released a top six today. I, there, there's a lot of ways you can go with it. He released a top six today. He said yesterday he wants to take a visit to Alabama, but Alabama's not in the top six. Okay, well, that's interesting. Well, o- OU is also the presumed leader for David Stone, right? Well, if he announces on August 26th, we know how this staff operates. Is he still going to try and take those visits to Alabama and A&M because that's not going to fly? So the things that have come out the past two days kind of contradict one another if OU really is the leader right now. You you see what I'm saying? I think, look, if you want my honest take on the whole David Stone deal, the kid's doing everything possible to throw everybody for a loop. But in the end, everybody kind of sees through the masquerade, don't they? I, I guess, If this man, kid isn't an Oklahoma Sooner, Tyler, I and many others in my profession are simply going to have to be wrong. Because everything for so long has pointed to OU here. And it's almost as if the kid understands it's kind of taken as a given that he's going to end up in Oklahoma's class. And he's trying to do whatever he can to sell drama and hype and make it seem like it's not a done deal between him and OU. I believe it is. I believe David Stone ends up in Oklahoma's class. I believe that's been a foregone conclusion for quite some time. But But man, he wants you to believe anything but that, doesn't he? Uh, Okay, he discussed his finalist, all six of his finalists, in an on-three story. Let's see if we can uh, get through this without freaking out. I don't know, maybe we should freak out. It's a little bit more entertaining on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, Miami. David Stone says, Miami is definitely the family favorites. Their staff as a whole has made the best impression on my siblings and parents. That's what David Stone said about <laughs> Miami. Okay? How about that? Oh, the gosh. family favorite. Florida. UF has a few of my teammates there right now, plus uh, Coach Chaos is my guy. Is that how you say it? He and Napier both are amazing people. Oklahoma Sooners. David Stone says, man, I'm from Oklahoma, so it's a no-brainer for me to consider them. That's all he said. That's all he of said. Of course, that's all that's he said. That's all he said. T- <laughs> Miami's the family favorite, but yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, I'm from there, so it's a no-brainer. I, I have to include them in this one. Jeez, he, that, I, that's why I said before, get through this without freaking out. But it, like reading that, if you didn't know anything about this recruitment, would make you think OU's like fifth or sixth in line right now out of the top six. Oh, boy. We got some dooming going on in the yes, text line. good. David Stone likes the spotlight. He will likely take the highest NIL deal. Better off without kids mm. like that. Oregon. Oregon is the school I wanted to visit for a long time. And after the first visit with my mom, all she was talking about was the next time we'd be going back up to Eugene. Oh, it's a beautiful place, plus me and the defensive staff have a great relationship. Texas A&M, A&M is a school who's been recruiting me since I was a freshman. All the coaches, they've been there from the start and were willing to take a chance on me, and I'm willing to do the same. The past two (laughs) years, they've had the best defensive lineman in the class. Why not keep it going? By the way, fantastic text from Ohio Sooner. I remember another 2024 recruit saying Miami was his favorite. Ah, Devon Mitchell, huh? That's true. Bingo. I mean, I... Nail, meat, 
Hammer. Multiple sentences for every single school on here, including Michigan State. Michigan State is like a second home to me. Everyone there is so welcoming, and it already feels like I'm part of the family, even though I'm not committed yet. Everyone on staff and even the players on the team have made some type of impact on my life, and I'm truly grateful. Like it's, it, it's legitimately Woo. comedy. Like At this point, you can't do anything but just laugh. Dang. I'll repeat what he said about Oklahoma. Man, I'm from Oklahoma, so it's a no-brainer for me to consider them. <laughs> Second home at Michigan State, right? Uh, mom can't stop talking about getting back up to Eugene. Miami's the family favorite. Oh, what theater and drama this has been. But David Stone allegedly is going to announce at the first IMG game this year on August 26th. You, you buying it? Are you buying that he's actually going to announce on August 26th? Am I buying that he is actually going to announce on August 26th? I announce yes. a, a commit to yes. a school on Okay. All right. I don't know why he puts a commitment date out if not. I just, like if, you know, we've, we've learned to expect the uh, unexpected here, so that's why, that's why I ask. Jay from Medill says, after Stone pulls all this BS, if he chooses Oklahoma, I'd love to be on a fly on the wall in his first summer workout with Schmitty. All those followers ain't going to help you here, big dog. Seriously, man. They might take out a little frustration on those first uh, few days with Schmitty or something. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are lighting it up already. We'll get to as many as we can next segment. And a whole lot more OU football recruiting content. I just heard an hour ago, Bill Biedenboe, Ted Roof in the three-man front, and Jeff Lebby answer a question about the effect of SEC recruiting right now. We'll get to that and more right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? We ain't nationwide today. We are worldwide today on the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store for the official Ref app. Sydney, Australia is tuned in today. No big deal. Akron, Ohio is tuned in. Full Shear, Texas is tuned Full in. Full Shear? That's where uh, that Andrew Marsh is from. Oh, very nice. Santan Valley, Arizona. Orlando, Florida. Memphis, Tennessee. St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. How about we take some submissions for a small Oklahoma town of the day? What do you say, huh? 405-651-3439. Ref Army Locator brought to you by k Furniture Consignment. With locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street, much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. I was at the OU Football Coaches Luncheon earlier today where they took questions from the audience and one gentleman asked Jeff Levy, Hey, we going to score on Texas this year? <laughs> that, was, that was the exact question to the offensive coordinator. To which Jeff Levy said, Well, if we don't, then I probably won't have this job next year. What a question. What a question it Somebody was. Somebody actually asked that? Yeah, that seriously, that seriously happened today. Did all the eyes roll? I've, to- been, I've been going to that event for several years, never heard a question like that. But Jeff Lebby, it's almost like he was prepared for that question <laughs> or he thought about the possibility of being asked about that this offseason, and he was, he was quick to the punch on it. So um, props to him. No, all three coaches that were there, Ted Roof, Jeff Lebby, and Bill Biedenboe, were asked about the impact that they're seeing with SEC recruiting. 
Uh, Beedenboe says, I think it's good right now. This is Oklahoma. And that's what I tell these guys. This is a special place with special people. Has recruiting gotten better? Yeah, because people want to play in the SEC. That's reality. For me personally, I don't know if easier is the right word, but you get more reception. Uh, Roof said, all you got to do is pull up, uh, pull the stats out. Nobody else has 50 conference championships, so there really is only one Oklahoma. Program guy, Ted Rue. Jeff Levy says, we're Oklahoma and we have a lot to sell. That's not going to change. So all three of them were like, yeah, the SEC does help, but what we're really pitching to recruits is this is Oklahoma. That's still our main recruiting pitch at the end. And that's probably what uh, we would have guessed that they've said, but good, good, uh, good comments there. Uh, all right, before we get to the text line, we got to talk about the commit last night. Yeah, that's a, Come on with that. that was a nice get and nice prediction by you that that was going to potentially happen this week. What, uh, what are the main things that we need to know uh, about Kamari Moore, OU's newest D-line commits? Well, I think what you get in Kamari Moore more so than anything else is a guy that is physically unlike anything that OU has had, at least in numbers, in recent memory, because he is a true nose tackle, zero tech, one tech type of guy. He's going to be north of 300 pounds by the time he gets to campus. Sorry, Grinch. Mm. Um, but he's not that tall. Six foot one might be a little bit generous. That's okay. But just wreaks absolute havoc, man. I mean, you watch his sophomore tape, and keep in mind, he was playing as a sophomore with a lot of bad weight. He was in the neighborhood of 320 pounds, and it was not a good 320 pounds. But still, some of the stuff that he was able to do as a sophomore, especially in terms of getting after the quarterback, the pass rushing ability for somebody that size, that's really what stands out uh, to his coaching staff more so than anything else about Kamari Moore is the footwork, how quick he is on his feet being that size. So you get a guy that's going to be a pretty effective pass rusher from the interior, but also whose game is going to be just – Sitting in that three-point stance in the middle of the defensive line and clogging holes. Lining up right over the ball, potentially. Yep. Head up with the center. Yep. Don't, don't hate that whatsoever. Really, really good. And obviously they staff. feel like that, that's a high school in an area that we've said over and over and over. They want to be a factor there. And I think that they already are after just, oh, certainly. What, you know, not even two years yet. But they obviously feel pretty good about this kid. If he was playing with bad weight last year and they still saw enough for him to get an offer and to take his commitment just going into his junior year. Um, that's that's one that you store and kind of, you know, we'll revisit it a little bit more next year when we talk about 2025. But 25 classes off to a nice little start here. And that'll really get going next year. But they're off to a really good start in 25. That'll really get going next month. Yeah, How well, about that? probably. Yeah, seriously. If everything we think is going to happen happens here in the next month, then... OU will likely be approaching double-digit commits in the 2025 class by the end of the calendar year. Um, is this big at all for the recruitment of williams Winery? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. you'll have, have another teammate here. Well, it's another, it's another box to check if you're Oklahoma, right? And you're going after the number one defensive end in the country. You can say, all right, well, got the teammate that came before him, got one of the teammates that comes after him. Uh, the guy that's perhaps closest to him in terms of their peer-to-peer relationship because they play on the defensive line together. So big box that you can check there. And now you just got to close out the recruitment of Isaiah Mosey, which probably won't happen until after Nguyen commitment. But 
there's a very good chance that you can go four for four here with the offers you've made at least Summit North over the course of the 23, 24, and 25 recruiting cycles. Uh, open up the text line right there. Yeah. Uh, scroll down and see how many small town we got a lot, submissions. Man. I know. We got uh, a lot. I'll pick one. You pick another. Okay. I um, Shark, you, you gave me two. I was tempted by Leedy or Visai. I'll stay out west. I'll say Sentinel, Oklahoma, small town of the day from the 316. Thank you for that. I'll go with Bushyhead, Oklahoma, because <laughs> I had no idea it existed. Caleb uh, Bushyhead? Not from I remember Bushy, him. Not from Bushyhead, Oklahoma, but... Yeah, maybe he at least has the key to the city. Uh, okay, a lot of text from the 918. Thoughts on Mizzou having the biggest NIL bag from williams Winery now? Must be huge since we heard OU's was massive. Would I say Missouri has the biggest NIL bag right now? No. But I think they have a package comparable enough to Oklahoma's that one of the things they can really drive home with Nuaneri is the opportunity to stay home in Missouri. And also keep in mind, Missouri's got that legislation that allows athletes to make money yep. in high school off of NIL. You know, I, like the way that I look at this, and Missouri was in early on Williams Winery, but they now, were. now that Georgia's gotten in this thing and Tennessee and obviously OU and Throw Oregon in there as well, like if you're really looking at Missouri compared to those other programs, like to me they almost have to have the biggest NIL push right now because not only has Missouri not been great recently, but there is I mean, there's no promise whatsoever that that staff is going to be there in six months' time. You know, so if you're Missouri, they probably feel like they have to throw out an incredible NIL opportunity for Williams Winery to stay there. And you know what? I bet that staff wants that offer to be as large as possible because maybe that wouldn't single handedly save their job if they roll off a four and eight, but it could potentially be a factor, you know? It would you go a long way. Committed. It would go a long way towards saving their jobs. You still got to win football games in 2023. But if you can buy yourself some additional leeway by keeping the highest-ranked prospect in the history of the state home, yeah, that, like at that point, if the administration decides to part ways with Drinkwitz and his staff, here's what you know. First off, Noineri's hitting the open market again. And that alone might be a big enough factor for the administration to think twice about sure. severing the ties. Because I go, mm, man, mm, we got a really nice figurehead in our 2024 cycle. And if we fire the staff, he's gone, and we're back to square one. Uh, from the 918, I want David Stone, but all of this is why I muted him five or six months ago. I bet your life has significantly improved. I, hey, I, you should want David Stone. Uh, even after everything that's happened and what's going to happen, you should still want David Stone. He's that good. But, yeah, your, your life has probably improved the past five or six months if you're not seeing everything that he puts out on social media. It's probably a good call. Uh, okay, from the 405, David Stone likes the spotlight. He will take the highest NIL deal. Better off without kids like that. That's what someone in the 405 thinks. Better off a, without got, kids like that. We got like a that. similar text earlier in the show. And that, that's all fine and well, but let's not kid ourselves. If David Stone commits to Oklahoma, you're going to be over the moon. As you should be. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, Jimmy from BA has an interesting text. And he said, you guys may have previously covered this, but why is everyone so high on Kevin Sperry? 
He is barely making the top 25 quarterback list in his class. Love to hear thoughts. Okay, first off, the reason why Kevin Sperry isn't terribly highly ranked right now is, well, two reasons. One, he's rather short in stature, about six feet tall. And secondly, he played on a team that went two and nine last year. So uh, he's not winning state championships or anything like that. Although he's more than likely going to win one this year now that he's at Carl Albert. But it is important to understand that quarterback rankings will change a lot as the cycle progresses. And we've only seen two years of Kevin Sperry. He's got two years ahead of him. And I'll use a, I'll use a pretty pertinent example from the 2024 class as to why you shouldn't be paying attention. Well, not to say you shouldn't be paying attention, but shouldn't be putting a whole lot of stock into quarterback rankings at this point in the process. There's a guy named Cole Welliver from Flower Mound Marcus High School. And Cole Welliver, in the very first set of rankings for the 2024 class, was a top 100 prospect nationally because uh, he had starting experience as a freshman, then transferred to Marcus and started as a sophomore. He is... Six foot five, six six, so tall. Like, uh, physically fits the mold of what you expect a quarterback prospect to look like. But <laughs> over the year and a half that followed after those initial rankings, the collegiate interest in Colt Welver really started to ebb away because you just didn't see sure. a consistent upward progression. He's committed to UConn right now, and that was the best offer that he had. In fact, I think he only had one or two other offers that were committable. So. These quarterback rankings are going to evolve a lot, and what you a bank lot. on, yeah, a lot. What you bank on with Sperry is that he's a guy that shows a relentless devotion to his craft, is very technically and cognitively advanced for somebody at his age, and he's an absolutely dynamic peer recruiter. And you're already starting to see that. Yeah, he's still got two years of high school football left. Those are going to change. Was was uh, what was Jackson Arnold initially? Was was he a three star? I'm guessing at one point before he elevated to five star status. I I know that he. What was he a four star at the time that he committed to OU? Yeah, he, he eventually was. got into five star status. But, but again, like he know. wasn't a five star until what August? Sure, heading into his senior year. So. For a guy like that, for a guy that's only you know six foot six one and doesn't you know you wouldn't be showing his silhouette to anybody that wanted to see the ideal quarterback prospect and what that guy looks like. Kevin Sperry is very similar to Jackson Arnold in that capacity, but I've said it many a time. Sperry is more advanced than Arnold was at that age. So if you continue to see upward progression for Sperry over the next two years, make no mistake, he will be a top 10 quarterback nationally with the potential to be top five. Uh, Peyton uh, says not to be dramatic, but I think Stone Winery can be a make or break for the staff. If we get both of these guys, I think we'll be fine. But if we strike out on both of these guys, the path to success in the SEC is much harder. And SEC is much harder is in all caps, by the way. I mean, they could still theoretically get Dominic McKinley, Nigel Smith. You'll have Jaden Jackson. Danny Okoye would be a part of that. Like, you can still have a good, not only, I mean, you can still have a good defensive line class without those two, but Peyton, I, and I think that this is your point. 
a, a lot of momentum will be won or lost uh, with or without Williams, Winery, and David Stone. If you get both of those guys, that's going to create a whole, whole, whole lot of momentum and make you feel a whole lot better about the SEC moving yeah. forward. And you're going to sign a good defensive line class this year, one way or another. A recruiting class that includes David Stone and Williams and Winery on the defensive line is truly elite. Yep. Top of the line. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Jeff Levy talked about his two quarterbacks, Dylan Gabriel and five-star freshman Jackson Arnold. What did he say about the freshman? Pretty interesting. We'll tell you that more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. Cherokee Sooner made me laugh during the break. Please tell me Jeff Levy said the ball looks different coming out of Jackson Arnold's hands. <laughs> Not exactly, uh, but he did have some high praise for the freshman. Levy was asked about his two quarterbacks today at the OU Football Coaches Luncheon. First, he started with Dylan Gabriel. He said he's got to play better than he did a year ago, and I have to call it better than I did a year ago. And he kind of referenced, you know, Brett Vittables keeps saying competitive depth across the board. We have... A lot more competitive depth at quarterback this year. Much different spot than we were in a year ago. Jackson Arnold has already exceeded expectations. At some point, that young man is going to be the face of our program, and everyone is going to be dang proud of him. How about that? Jeff Levy's already calling for uh, Jackson Arnold to be the starter. In, Nothing uh, on Davis Bevel? Nothing on Davis Bevel. No, it was... Uh, it was all uh, high praise for Dylan Gabriel and saying, uh, hey, future of the program. Yeah, that's the five-star freshman. No big deal. Did he say program? No, just just okay. we on the show say program. Okay. That's it. I, just, I wasn't sure whether Jeff Levy was a program guy or a program guy. I feel like he would say program over program. Just just a feel. Eh, West, Texas, West Texas guy. I don't know. I feel like Ted Roof would be more inclined Dude, to say pro. Ted Roof had a uh, quote that you would have loved today. Someone in the crowd asked a question, um, trying to remember exactly how they framed it. Essentially, um, how like, it, it basically saying, okay, we've seen kids before that have been three stars. They've come in and been NFL players, right? So is that more of has that been more evalu- evaluation on the front end? Was it great? Or is it more important to be able to get them in your program and make you a great player? Like, whatever. Just trying to differ, differ, uh, differ between the hearts or the, you know, the three-star talent versus, you know, coaching them up, all that. He basically said, what's under your third rib? What's under your third rib? Heart, right? Your heart. That's what we're looking for in kids. We want to find hearts. I'm counting my ribs now. Yes. Is it the third rib? I did the same is thing. The I was like, rib? one, two, three, third rib. Okay, that's where the heart is. All right. Okay, yeah, that, that tracks. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not going to doubt Ted Roof after saying that today. But, yeah, heart's what they're looking for out on the recruiting trail, amongst uh, several other things as well. A listener in the 918 says, Bennett Warren just announced commitment on the 31st. Oh, you in top four. Any chance? I don't expect that to be Oklahoma. Um, and I'll circle back around with – the sources that I have on the Warren recruitment. But last I heard, OU was not in the running. Okay, no on Bennett Warren, but do I need to get a photo of Bill Biedenbow ready for tomorrow with a three-star offensive lineman from England making an announcement tomorrow? It's a top ten. It's not a commitment. Oh, it's not It's not a commit? No. Okay, well, then I'll store the uh, Bill Biedenbow photo for another day then, I guess. So I, there's a world where they could end up with five? 
five. I'm, they want to take five. Yeah, they want to take five. Off, that, that took four scholarship last year, right? They want to take five last year. Mm-hmm. So you already have two. I, we all think they're about to get three with Isosa, right? You get Grant Bricks, and then how do you say Daniel Akinkumi's last name? Yeah, there you go. There you, you go. Got there's, there's potentially – is that the best-case scenario for the five right now? I would say the best-case scenario is beyond your two commits, you get Bricks, you get Eddie, and you get Isosa. If you end up with Akinkumi instead of Eddie Pierre-Louis, though, I mean, I feel like that's I, uh, People take that. There was a story. I forget who put it out. It was 10 four-stars that could be first-round picks someday. 10 four-stars that could be first-round picks someday. Terry Bussey was listed in the story, which I think most people consider him a five-star. But Eddie Pierre-Louis, who you just brought up, four-star offensive lineman, was listed in the story of one of the 10 that could be a first-round draft pick someday. So there's someone that believes he has uh, extremely high upside. And he does. I mean, two-way lineman, fast. You've seen him run the 100-meter dash on Twitter. So Eddie Pierre-Louis is a really good football player. Is he a future first-round pick? I don't know if I would go that far. No, I, I, would have, I, I could put together my own list of four stars that will be first-round draft picks one day or could be first-round draft picks one day, and I'd be more inclined to go with Grant Bricks than – Eddie Pierre-Louis, but I. either way, I think if EPL is in this class, it's going to be a good one for Bill Biedenboe. If EPL is not in this class, it's still going to be a good one for Bill Biedenboe. Gunny of Stutzman's Army, uh, does this mean we can throw the ball 8 to 10 yards, fellas? Yes. <laughs> gunny is having a little Gunny, by the way. He's having a baby boy. Really? Congrats, Gunny. Yeah, congrats, Gunny. That's awesome, man. I was happy to see that today. Uh, Todd Bates' nemesis. Oh, boy. So is Winery ungrounded now that he's visited Oregon? No comment. I feel like uh, the recruiting doomer used to be the most extreme on the negative side on the text line. I feel like Todd Bates' nemesis is the new number one. That's probably true. I feel like he's number one in the new power rankings there. Uh, 405, I'm glad we are loading up on three-star offensive linemen to block for our five-star running back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, maybe even uh, maybe the five-star running back Taylor Tatum's so good he can still run for over 1,500 yards with three-star offensive linemen, huh? Maybe so. From the 918, after the game day special on Teddy was going around Twitter last night, we should now refer to him as the fast pale guy. Yeah, I uh, may or may not be playing a portion of that at the top of the three. Ah, we'd love to see it. Yeah. Or rather, we love to hear it. Yeah, the, the audio quality is not great, but I don't care. My, my, my guy Doug Miles found that one and tweeted it out. And God Doug bless got him the for archives, so. man. Yeah, he, he really does. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. Uh, okay, Jay from Adil. I just saw that pick of Bill, Ted, and Jeff with the drum set. Like y'all said, Ted Roof and the three-man front band. Hashtag awesome sauce. It was a good photo of those three sitting right by the drums. I should see if they have any previous engagements on August 5th. Ooh, they come out and, uh, yes, play at the reception. That'd be sweet. I'd be down with it. Now we have Travis Davidson on hand to MC. Can you just imagine Travis Davidson introducching Ted Roof in the three-man front? Oh, I, he uh, Would Ted and Roof just, be a bow tie guy or not? I don't know. be a great oh, question. He, he's definitely a bow tie guy. They'd probably, they'd probably close out the set with Margaritaville. <laughs> he really did. Yes. A parrot head. Ted Roof equals parrot head. Uh, okay. Auburn flips a Georgia five-star linebacker. So, um, 
Hugh Freeze and company. Big win out on the recruiting trail with that. They, they were trying to um, – are they still in the hunt? I forget the five-star wide receiver's name that's been committed to Alabama for so long. Perry Thompson. Yeah, Auburn's been working to flip a lot of five-stars from a couple of rivals so far in this cycle. Jeremy Pruitt, remember him? Former Tennessee head coach. Oh, I remember him. He is now the PE teacher at Plainview High School in Alabama. He was the head coach of the Tennessee Vols, what, four or five years ago? Now he's a PE teacher at Plainview, Alabama. Would not want to cross his dodgeball team once those Bojangles bags start getting handed around. So uh, he'll be at Plainview, Alabama for a couple of years. I'm sure he'll be the defensive coordinator at Auburn in uh, less than two. I'm sure that'll probably happen. Oh, I was thinking defensive analyst at Alabama. (laughs) One of the two. Uh, Yeah, and then you have... um, yeah, Michael Patterson McDonald announcing on the uh, on July thirty first as well. So, lot to uh, lot to look forward to in the world of recruiting. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit Williams Winery uh, decision date, David Stone decisions uh, decision date, and a whole lot more coming up next. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 918, Pawnee Sooner. First time listening to the ref. Very good coverage. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Pawnee Sooner. Appreciate that. I'm just glad that your first time listening to the ref is today and not yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you picked, you picked a good uh-huh. day. Might have been the first and only time if it was yesterday. Yesterday was um, the least fun show you and I have done since the Zadavian Sims announcement. It's been pretty fun since then. It has. Uh, it's been a, a lot of fun the past three weeks or so, but uh, yesterday was was not great, but it seems like we're all uh, calming down. williams Winery, August 7th. Sounds like he is still going to take that visit to Oregon. Um, but after everything that's happened so far this week, and I, I would fall into this category, you feel like you say, you've seen the same level of confidence after all of this today on Thursday, than maybe what you did on Monday. Fair yeah, to say? Again, like, can you 100% rule Oregon out? No, because Oregon is Oregon. That said, because of the distance and the familiarity factor involved in the Nuaneri recruitments, I do not believe that Oregon ends up a final contender here. I think when, when push comes to shove and the decision date rolls around, there might be more than two hats on the table, but the two hats that are going to matter are Oklahoma and Missouri. And look, I I expect the kid to commit to Oklahoma. That is my expectation right now. But if somebody overturns the apple cart, as it were, it will be Missouri. Yeah. It's an interesting spot for Oregon to get a visit this late and this close to the recruitment when they may not even feel that they have a legitimate shot here. Like, it, it, it would You would think that Oregon is very realistic about their chances here, and the one chance they have to really vault into the top two and in the conversation is if they just throw a silly NIL money offer out. And, and they are absolutely capable of doing that. So Yeah, and even so, again, familiarity is going to matter. Relationships are going to matter. That's what's going to tip the scales in this process for Noineri and his family because, look, he's going to get paid wherever he goes. We know this to be the case. And so I think part of the reason why I've been so confident all along that Oklahoma is going to be where Nguyenary winds up is because he's got people in his corner that want him at Oklahoma. 
and the relationships there are the deepest. David Stone, he announces that he'll announce on August 26th at the first IMG game. Top six of Miami, Oregon, Florida, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Florida fans on that edit, by the way, were like, why is... What's Florida on here? What, what the heck is Florida doing on this edit? Are you serious? So it doesn't really feel like Florida has much of a chance here. If OU is still the leader, and there's a lot of reasons to think that OU is still the leader here, who is the biggest threat? Is it Miami? Is it Oregon? Is it Texas A&M? Who's sitting at number two right now with, uh, with David Stone? Probably Miami, I would say. Um which, by the way, somebody from the 512 asked, so does Oregon not having a conference hurt recruiting now? Uh, well, first off, the answer point blank is no, because Oregon is Oregon. But also, I, I got a text not long ago from somebody that I trust, and look, I I don't claim to have Greg Swaim sources. No. Who does? But, who does? But Nobody this, does. This person whom I trust did say, it's looking like Oregon ends up in the Big 12. Ooh, so yeah. we'll see if that comes to fruition. Again, that's just one text from somebody that historically has been pretty reliable on those types of matters. So we will see. That would be like the it, cornerstone program in the new Big 12. It really Oregon. would, yeah. wouldn't it? And I guess there's a report out there that Florida State is looking to yep. jump ship from the ACC. Yep. I think Chris so. Nee put that out, maybe. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's um, realignment is very quiet. Until it's not, and then, boom, a lot of things seemingly happen simultaneously. Uh, before we get out of here, Desan Brame got a future cast today from Parker to OU. Six foot six, 225-pound, four-star tight end at a Derby, Kansas for the 2025 class. Yeah, I'll have more on that situation later on in the day for subscribers over at OUinsider.com, but to give you the spark notes in the span of the 15 seconds that we have here, just really like where that one has been trending and continues to trend for Oklahoma, and worth noting that Brame's dad was coached at Kansas State by a guy named Brent Venables. Oh, very nice. Natural connections there. That could be a back-to-back nice skits for old uh, Joe John at tight end. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.